0: The Bible says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent. Notice this word and have revealed them. You've revealed them to babes, he said. Verse 26. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my father. And no one knows the Father except, excuse me, no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. This is the second time in just a few verses that Jesus has used this word, reveal. He said that the Father had hidden things from the so called wise and the so called prudent and he said he had revealed them to babes, or you might say unlearned, uneducated. And one of the things we have to understand as believers is that we're not just after more information. What do we want? Revelation. Information's good, but what we want is revelation. Jesus one day asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? This was in the days before one could Google oneself to find out who men say that you are. And Jesus said to them, who do men say that I am? And you remember their answer. They said, well, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're prophet. Some say you're or one of the prophets. And they had several answers for kind of the, the general consensus, the, the popular opinion Of WHO JESUS WAS AT THAT TIME. BUT THEN HE ASKED THEM A FAR MORE IMPORTANT QUESTION. WHO DO YOU SAY THAT I AM? THAT IS THE MOST IMPORTANT QUESTION THAT ANY HUMAN BEING WILL EVER ANSWER IN THEIR ENTIRE LIFE ON THIS EARTH. WHO DO YOU SAY THAT JESUS IS? NOT WHO DOES EVERYBODY SAY THAT HE IS, Who do you say that he is? And Peter, gotta love Peter. He piped up. Oh, I know, I know. Mm -mm, Pick me, pick me. And Jesus said, I see that hand. And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Notice not one of anything, the. And what Jesus said to him is, yes, and you are blessed. Where does this blessing come from? out of knowing who Jesus was, who Jesus is. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, and you are Simon Bar-Jonah. You are Peter. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. What rock? The rock not of Peter. Peter's not a rock. But the rock of that information on who Jesus is? No revelation and that's why Jesus said to Peter you're blessed because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in other words Peter you didn't find this out through higher education you didn't find this out through a bunch of study you didn't put this together with math and science you got this from God And it didn't come to you through tradition. And that's what tradition is. Something handed from one generation to another. From one individual to another. That's tradition. And and Jesus is saying to Peter, you didn't get this that way. Nobody else informed you of this. You got this by revelation. And this is why we're not after just more information, just more knowledge. Knowledge is a wonderful thing. But what you and I need is revelation knowledge, something that can come not from one person to another, but through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. It's a light that only God himself can turn on. And that's what revelation is. It's the light coming on. It's the cover coming off. Revelation. We need that. Things that have been hidden, we need them to be revealed. Things that have been concealed, we need to see openly. And that's what revelation is. That's what revelation does. If, you, if you're coming into a room and it's a pitch black room and you're looking for something and you're fumbling around and you can't find it, and then somebody comes behind you and turns the light on and you look in the corner and there's that thing you were looking for, you don't, you don't say, oh, look what the light put there. The light didn't put it there. The light showed you what was there all along. The light showed you what had been sitting right there. That's what revelation is. It's the light coming on, not to show you, what a, you know, what's been put there, just, or, or not to create something there, excuse me, but to show you what was already there. Does that make sense? I say all that because notice Jesus used that word two times in what he's saying as he's praying and what he's saying to his disciples I thank you, Father that you've hidden these things from, like I said, so-called wise and prudent, but you have revealed them. You've revealed them. You've you've taken the cover off. You've you've turned the light on. You've flipped the switch for these people. And he said in verse 27 again, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. NOR DOES ANYONE KNOW THE FATHER EXCEPT THE SON, NOW LISTEN TO THIS, AND THE ONE TO WHOM THE SON WILLS TO REVEAL HIM. THERE IS NO WAY FOR YOU OR ME OR ANYBODY ON THIS EARTH TO KNOW THE FATHER EXCEPT THROUGH A REVELATION THAT ONLY COMES THROUGH JESUS. NOW IF YOU WERE TO STOP RIGHT THERE, YOU COULD BUILD SOME WRONG DOCTRINE out of what jesus is saying here and many have no one knows the father except the one to whom the son wills to reveal him well there's some right there's some that jesus wills to reveal the father to there's others that that are born again because jesus does not will to reveal the father But Jesus didn't stop there, and He fixed that doctrine in the next verse when He said in verse 28, so come to me all, there you go, fixed, done, next, (laughs) come to me, how many, all, All. who does Jesus desire to to reveal the Father to, everybody, (laughs) all all men, all women, all of us. Jesus wills to reveal the father to us. Say it. Jesus Jesus wills wills. to reveal the father Father. to 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 me, to me. That's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus is. As he walked and ministered on this earth, that's his ministry right now through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He is a revelation of the father. He is the visible image of the invisible God. And you could tell it took people a while to get this because Jesus lived and ministered with these disciples for years. And towards the end of that time, ministering on earth with these guys, Philip said to him, show us the father and it will be sufficient for us. And you can nearly hear the frustration in Jesus' voice when he looks back at him and says, have I been with you so long? In other words, are you serious? Seriously, Philip, come on. He said, if you've seen me, come on, help me out. What did he say? You've seen the Father. Jesus is a revelation of the Father. The Father's will, the Father's character, the Father's plan. Jesus is that revelation. But he said this in verse 28. Come to me. Come to me all. Now here's who the invitation is to. All you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. What we have to understand is that's everybody. Apart from him, without him in your life, and as your Lord and your Savior, this is a description of you. You are laboring and heavy laden. It's like when he said in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to who? the poor. He's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. He's anointed me to preach recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are are oppressed, to, to, to declare liberty to the captive. And I think what people have failed to understand is that was all of us. Before him and without him, every human on this earth fits neatly into that category of poor, blind, broken hearted, held captive without him. That's who you are. Without him, you are laboring without him. You are heavy burdened. You are heavy laden. And he said, come to me and we can change all that. Come to me and I'll make an exchange with you. And this is the great exchange. Let me jump out here a little bit ahead of myself and I'll call it the grace exchange. There's an exchange that Jesus is inviting us into. Come to me, give me your heavy burden and I'll trade you. What did he say he'd give you in exchange for your burden, your labor? What was he going to give you? Rest, rest. Come to me and I'll give you rest. NOW CONNECT THIS TO WHAT WE TALKED ABOUT JUST A MOMENT AGO. JESUS IS A REVELATION OF THE FATHER AND YOU DON'T KNOW THE FATHER APART FROM JESUS REVEALING HIM TO YOU. ISN'T IT INTERESTING TO YOU? IT IS TO ME THAT ON THE HEELS OF JESUS TALKING ABOUT THIS GREAT REVELATION OF THE FATHER, WHAT'S THE FIRST THING THAT COMES OUT OF HIS MOUTH AFTER THAT? REST. REST we're a new church, less than two years old and I've done my best over the last couple of years in seeking the Lord and knowing what to say and, and, and what track we're supposed to be on in the word together as a family. And I have endeavored, I don't know that I've always gotten this right, but I've sensed the Lord challenging me, if you will, I don't know if that's the right word, but, but to get to the basics, find the fundamentals, the, the foundational things that, that, that we can build a church on, that we can grow a family in. And when this came up in my spirit a couple of weeks ago about rest, I kept going back to the Lord thinking, is this really foundational? And it just was in the last 24, 48 hours that I started making this connection and the Lord saying to me, you don't know me apart from this. This is so fundamental and foundational to who he is that it's the first thing Jesus talked about on the heels of saying, I want to reveal the father to you. So come to me. And the first thing he said that would happen as the result of coming to him. And you and I discovering who the father is, is we'd find rest. This is fundamental. This is foundational. But I don't think we're talking enough about it. And I don't think we understand it to the degree we're supposed to understand it. It's a revelation of our father. Rest reveals the father. And I see two things in that. And I can already tell this is going to take us more than today in a couple of weeks to to really explore. But I see two things in that statement right there. Rest reveals the Father. As we study and we look through the scriptures that, that deal with rest, it's going to reveal to us the character of God. It's going to reveal to us the nature of God, the will of God, what he does, why he does it, how he does it. But it also says to me, there are things that you will never know about him until you're at rest. There are things you will never see, never discover about your father unless you're at rest. Things that you can only see at rest. Now we touch on this all the time around here, but, but this is no exemption. This rest that we're talking about is in every area and every facet of your life. Spirit first spirit then soul, manifesting in rest in the body. And when Jesus said, come to me all you who labor, listen to who he was talking about here. And this is just the definition of this word of what it means to labor. These are people who have grown weary. These are people who are tired, exhausted, with toil or burdens or grief. It means to labor with wearisome effort to toil. This word, you keep seeing it all the time and you see it throughout scripture. We'll touch on it as the Lord leads us. But to toil is more than just work. It's work without producing anything. We talked about it, didn't we, in our offering when, when Peter, or Jesus said to Peter, launch out into the deep, let down your net for a catch. And you know what Peter said to him? We have toiled all night long, but caught how much? Nothing. That's toil. It's work, 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 work with no production, nothing to show for it. That's toil. And there's nothing more exhausting. Am I telling the truth? I mean, anybody else ever experienced that where you just feel like you work and you work yourself into a frenzy and you sweat and you're up day and night and for whatever reason you get to the end of it and there's nothing to show for it? That's toil. AND THAT, ACCORDING TO JESUS, IS EVERYBODY WITHOUT HIM. NO EXCEPTIONS. THAT'S WHAT LIFE IS UNLESS AND UNTIL YOU COME TO HIM. LIFE IS toil. LIFE IS A BURDEN. LIFE IS EXHAUSTING UNTIL YOU COME TO HIM. AND YOU MAKE THIS GRACE EXCHANGE. IT MEANS, TO to LABOR MEANS TO FEEL FATIGUE. I don't even have to ask for a show of hands by implication. It means to work hard, to labor, to toil, to be wearied. But on the other hand, on the other side of this exchange, this rest actually means to cause or permit one to cease, to stop from any movement, any labor. Listen, in order to recover and collect his strength. That's what this rest that Jesus is offering you and offering me this rest that reveals the Father, what it actually does for us is it enables us, like nothing else can, to recover our strength. Come on, what's the Lord doing in this body this year? Perfecting, establishing, strengthening, and settling us? Where's this strength come from? Hmm? Well, part of where it comes from is discovering. Our place in this grace exchange, our labor, our work, our toil for His rest. And in that rest, we find strength like you can't find anywhere else. In that rest, you find recovery like you can't anywhere else. Notice what's connected to that word recovery, the the gaining back of what you lost. There's another word connected to it it is the word restoration. Restoration. I love the fact that you can't spell restoration without R-E-S-T. Rest. And what did the psalmist say? You restore my soul. You restore my soul. So that tells you rest is a lot more than just grabbing a nap. Rest is a lot more than eight hours of sleep at night. It's part of it, but it's so much more than that. And sad to say, most of the rest of this world, if you were to talk to them about rest and just have them describe rest, that's all they know. You're sleepy, take a nap. Not getting good rest. I only got four hours of sleep last night. But there's more to rest than sleep. And yet that's a part of it. And I want us to get to that, but we got to address these things in order. Rest means, again, to cause or permit somebody to cease from any movement, any labor, in order to recover and collect his strength. It means to refresh. It means to keep quiet. This is rest, spirit, soul, and body. It looks the same in every area of your life to regain strength spiritually, to regain strength in your soul, to regain strength in your body, to be refreshed spiritually, refreshed in your soul, refreshed in your body. It's rest and it looks the same in every area of your life. But what Jesus said is this is a revelation of God. It's a revelation of the Father. How does this reveal the Father? Well, you go back to the beginning and I mean the beginning Genesis chapter one. And you're familiar with this, you're familiar with what happened on those first few days of creation. We won't take time to read all of this, but let me just kind of give you an overview. In Genesis chapter 1, guys, can I come down here? Are we good if I come down here? Get up in your personal space a little bit. In Genesis chapter 1, you remember when God said, Let there be light or light be. And light was? It says that in verse 3, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. He said, that's good. That's good. God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day. The darkness he called night. Evening and the morning were the first day. In verse 8, it says, God called the firmament heaven. And so the evening and the morning were the second day. Later in verse 10, he says, and he saw that it was good. This is good. God looked at it. He spoke it, created it. He looked at it and he said, this is good. In uh, verse 12, he says, the earth brought forth grass and God saw that it was what? Good. Good. The evening and the morning were the third day. In verse 16, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. God saw that it was Good. good. Evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 21 says, God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was, he saw it was good. This is good. He said, verse 25, God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, saw that it was good. Then he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Verse 31, it says, Then God saw everything that he had made. Indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were what day? Are you keeping track here? Six. But that leaves out the last day, the seventh day. And we read about the seventh day in chapter two. Now, you know, you Bible scholars in here, what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. Now, this is just the next day, and if day one was good, and day two was good, and three and four were good, and day five was good, and day six, it was very good, what do you assume he called day seven? It was wrong. He did not call it good. In chapter two of Genesis, verse one, it says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. You might say it like this. All God's work was finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Listen to the New Living Translation. Do we have that, guys? Can we put that up there? Look at this. God blessed the seventh day and said, he declared it good. Holy. 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 Day one was good. Day two, three, four, five, and six, they were all good. Very good even. But he called day seven, this day of rest. He gave it a name that no other day had. The day he rested, he called, not good, holy holy, sanctified it. He declared it holy because it was the day he rested from all his work of creation. Now, God didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was done. He rested because the work was finished. And that day that he rested, that seventh day, again, help me out. What did he call it? Holy. Holy. Now, in and throughout the law, there was some serious punishment for working on the holy day. There was some serious repercussion, and I thank God that's what we've been redeemed from. We don't have that condemnation hanging over our head. God's not going to strike you dead if you mow your yard on a Sunday. Okay, so thank the Lord for that. But what you can see, again, remember Jesus revealing the Father, revealing what's important to him, revealing what's significant to him. All you got to do is go back and look through the Old Testament. You find out, man, this is a big deal to God. My rest is big with him. Why? Because it reveals him to me in a way that me working can't do it. And it, it enables me to find out things about him that I cannot and will not find out as long as I'm the one laboring, as long as I'm the one toiling.